a message for liberals and the mainstream media. You can't handle the truth! So, buckle up, snowflakes, because we're about to deliver the politically direct best in conservative commentary, news, and investigative reports. We're telling the truth, and we're not gonna stop. Okay, liberals, back under the bridge with the rest of your fellow trolls, and oh yeah, Thanks for listening to Right Side Patriots. They are special, special people on RSPRadio1.com. Welcome to Right Side Patriots on RSPRadio1.com. Craig Andreessen at the National Patriot and Diane Sori at the Patriot Factor. It's the Tuesday night edition of the show, 17th of January. Welcome to it. Hello, Diane. Hello, Craig, and how are you? I'm good. Gearing up for another big snowstorm. Oh, no, you're kidding. No, we still haven't gotten all, rid of all the snow we've we've gotten since the week before Christmas. But Oh, no. Okay. And we're, and we're, we're finally going to warm up a little bit. We're not used to this. We've been having low 40s, high 30s, where no. I am, and uh, the days have just been about, uh, I don't know, between 55 and maybe 65. So today we started warming up to about 70, but we're all ready to get back to our normal (laughs) winters. Well, normal winter around here means snow, and we've got a 97% chance of snow tomorrow. So, Uh, You want to know what I think of snow? I know what you think of snow. Well, no, no, this is funny. And maybe our our listeners, there's a thing online called a Floridian moves up north. If you want a good laugh, (laughs) you'll find out in that thing. It's been around for years. What we Floridians think of up north in the winter. Okay. (laughs) And you know, it's funny, Craig. Well, I'll be out scooping global warming. Um, probably several times tomorrow. I, I think we're only supposed to get somewhere around eight, maybe 10 inches tomorrow. So it'll, it'll be less than what we've gotten in the last two, uh, snowstorms, but I don't want to let it get done snowing before I go out and start clearing the driveway. Otherwise there's just too much of it. So you know, I'll probably yeah, mm-hmm. I'll probably go out maybe two, maybe three times tomorrow and and try to keep the driveway as clear as possible. Not that it matters because the streets here in our little town don't get plowed out for days, but uh you know, it is what it is. Oh dear. Okay, well, I've as I've asked you a million times, why do you live in such god-awful weather two reasons variety and no alligators 
yeah, the alligators don't bother you. You don't bother them. The uh, <laughs> We used to have sharks here, but that was a million years ago. So <laughs> That's true. Probably more. <laughs> you know, I mean, we can actually go out in the, in the sand hills, and if you sift through uh, the sand here in Nebraska and, and even dig in the dirt in other places in Nebraska, you find fossilized shark teeth. True. I remember you know, when so. my um, son had to go to India for part of, of what he's working on with the Mars mission, and they went up into the high, high mountains in the north of India, which is, you know, the subcontinent. Right. And they were finding shark's teeth yeah. and, and shark fossils and all sorts of things and that just shows you how much our earth has changed well you know you you really if you really want kind of the the culture shock of geology um arts of the near near the top of mount everest is marine limestone so at one point yes what was near the top of Mount Everest was actually at the bottom of the ocean. Well, that's probably before, you know, the mountains were spit up, if you will. Right, right. You but know. I mean, that's, that's you know, how much things have changed in millions of True. years. So, True. you know, it is what it is. Well, look, Diane, you and I co-wrote uh, an article for this week. We're going <laughs> to take two segments to get it in. Um, and it's, you know... This this is one of those articles. It's an investigative report, but it's an ongoing thing because we know we haven't heard the last of it. Biden's document downfall. Right. We're going to have a part two coming probably in a couple of weeks as this moves further along. You know, we'll have to see what's happening and, and uh, you know, what's coming from the investigation. Uh, right now, we're seeing a lot of stonewalling going on from the White House. Big surprise. Yes. But, you know, Craig, before we even begin, there's something very interesting that a lot of people have overlooked. These documents, you have to remember, folks, these were when Biden was Obama's vice president. That's when all the classification had to take place because Biden can't classify. They're not worried what Biden has. They are worried what's in there that obama had exactly exactly you know so we're going to get into all of that and a lot more regarding what we know so far about mm-hmm. the document disaster that joe biden is presiding over but before we get into any of that let's look into some of the quick hitters tonight and congresswoman <clears throat> excuse me congresswoman sheila jackson lee is at the top of our list. She has put out an anti-white supremacy bill that would expand laws against hate crimes. And legal scholars, Diane, have been looking into this, and they say it absolutely guts the First Amendment. Oh, absolutely. This is what this is. She's trying to uh, make anything white, if you will, a hate crime. So, in other words, what she's doing, she is a racist. Well, absolutely, but it's it's more than anything white. The If you read through the bill, and I have mm-hmm. not had the chance to read the entire thing, but what I have read so far, it's all 
subjective. It's whatever somebody else finds offensive or hateful. Right. And, and with that in mind, it, it, that's how it guts the First Amendment, because if you say something or write something or tweet something or post something that somebody else takes offense to and says it's hateful, you could be going to jail. Not Facebook jail, not Twitter jail, but jail jail. Well, basically, um, if you want to speak in a generality, what she is proposing is any person who engages in a white supremacy-inspired hate crime when white supremacy ideology has motivated the planning, development, preparation, or perpetration of actions that constituted a crime or were undertaken in furthermore of activity that, if effected, would have constituted a crime in other words it's double speak right it, it's a what word salad actually makes no sense no but but what it is is subjective so there's no set criteria for what would constitute a hate crime or anything that would provoke a hate crime it's all subjective but you notice craig she has zeroed in i've i've looked at the bill and I even have the bill up in front of me right now, it all has to do with crimes only that they deem white supremacy-inspired hate crimes. Right, but but let me... I, I'm not sure... I'm not sure what I'm about to say is going to broaden the field or narrow the field. Okay. Okay, it's, it's kind of one of those. When, when you label everything as white supremacy, you're now also talking about roads and bridges because Pete Buttigieg says roads and bridges can be racist. <laughs> I remember when he said that. Okay, and now I, I know it sounds like a joke, but, but I'm telling you, that's why this is all subjective. Okay, if, if you've got a bridge that, that goes over a river at point A, but doesn't go over the river at point B, they can say that's racist. And whoever the designer of the bridge was, whoever okayed the plans for the they can be brought up on hate crimes, according to this bill. Well, the good point is the, the we control the house now. And I don't think this is going to go even get out of the house. This is pure BS. Right. She, she basically has made anyone can say anything, say it's white supremacy. So we're the only ones, white people are the only ones that have caused all the trouble. That's what it's basically saying. They forget BLM, the burning of the cities. They forget the jails. They forget all of that. But it's white supremacy. Now, Sheila Jackson Lee is an idiot, but she's not a total idiot. Okay? She knows this is never going to get out of the house. Mm -hmm. But anybody that votes against it, she and and her caucus, uh, the Congressional Black Caucus, is going to label those people <clears throat> as racists. Do you think okay. they really care? Well, no, they shouldn't. 
but I'll bet you some of them do because oh, nobody likes to be called a racist, so we better vote in favor of this thing so we're not called names. You know, I mean, this is the way this, this stuff works. They, they know it's not going to make it through, and they're going to blame anybody who doesn't vote in favor of it of being a white supremacist. I'm just telling you. That's the way it well, works. Well, am I a white supremacist because I think liberal, far-left, progressive Democrats are idiots? Not to me, but to <laughs> Sheila Jackson Lee, yes. <laughs> okay, because, you know, if, you know, well, you know, we're standing up for, uh, you know, people of color and black people in this country. And, and if you think that we're a bunch of idiots, you must be a white supremacist. That's that's the way they're going to frame this thing. If you, you, if you go it, against it in Congress, you're a white supremacist. Well, you know what it boils down to, Craig? Um, blacks make up 12.8% of the American population. And if you want to speak, you know, in actual wording, Yes, we outnumber blacks. Does that make us supreme? That's no, a question. No, That's a it, question. That's not a statement. Yes, I, I understand it's a question. The answer is no, because right. if you go back and watch old videos, you will find that the Supremes were black. <laughs> Diana Ross and the Supremes, all of them were black. I mean, this is how ludicrous it is. That was a rhetorical question. This is absolutely one of the most stupid bills. And if I was McCarthy, I wouldn't even let that on the floor. You know, that's that's what I would do. I I would just take one look at that and go, nope. Next. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's the way you handle that. Now, that's that whole thing is an attack on the First Amendment, and that is kind of the offshoot of it is they're trying to limit free speech. Yes. Okay. Now, if you look at the Second Amendment, Joe Biden is taking a, a shot in the dark if you will, at the Second Amendment, he was speaking at uh, a gathering yesterday. And during that thing, he went off on anybody who wants uh, like an AR-15. Now, they call them assault rifles. We know there's no such thing, okay? Uh, Because anything you use to assault somebody with is an assault weapon. You can hit somebody with a dictionary, and that becomes an assault weapon. Um But he's taking a swipe at the Second Amendment, and he's saying, well, you can't take on the U.S. government with AR-15s. You need F-15s. AR-15s. Yeah. Right, F-15s, right. Yeah. But what is the most ludicrous thing about this statement? He did it at a, a thing honoring Dr. Martin Luther King. Right. Naturally. (laughs) <laughs> the man was strictly for nonviolent protests, and he's talking about, you know, assault weapons. Well, yeah, he's talking about assault weapons, and if you're going to take on the U.S. government, you need F-15s and nuclear bombs, you right. know. And I mean, and then in that speech, he went into that goofy whispering thing again. Yeah, yeah and that's how you know the medication is worn off when he starts to whisper. Yes. Yeah, and he's also, you know, falsely claiming that there's always been limits on the Second Amendment. No, there really, hasn't. Joe? 
Really? If you're going to make a statement like that, you better be prepared to back it up with facts. But you can't because it's not true. I can throw in a fact. Okay. The uh, the first limits on the Second Amendment were passed in Congress in 1934. 1934. Not 1834. You're talking about the cannons and that kind of stuff? Right. And, and, you know, uh, machine guns, you know, and and that all had to do with organized crime. Crime, uh, right. Back back in Prohibition and, uh, you know, uh, so many of the organized crime figures had Tommy guns, um, you know, fully automatic machine guns and and things like that. And so, but up until that point, there was no limit on the second amendment period none right right and when people you know the the thing with the cannons and all that that's not what we gun right activists are talking about because who's going to go out and buy a cannon it's a little hard to carry concealed a cannon yeah i would think so you know our fight for the second amendment has to do with our right to keep and bear arms Those arms are at our discretion. The Constitution doesn't say anything about ARs. It doesn't say anything about machine guns, although we have a law for that one. It doesn't say anything about the specific type of firearm. No, and of course, you know, these liberals will tell you, well, they didn't have machine guns and AR-15s back when they wrote that. And if they had, they'd have put that in there. Well, no, you can't say that because you don't know what they would have put in there. You know, there were weapons that were better grades than other weapons, even back when they wrote the Second Amendment, and they didn't limit it. But can you imagine trying to conceal carry a cannon? Yeah, Excuse me, is that a howitzer in your pants, or are you just happy to see me? (laughs) (laughs) That's good. I like that. No, I mean, this is ridiculous. But to bring up about guns and violence at a Martin Luther King affair is kind of an insult to him and to his legacy. It it is, but I think there's a direct reason why he brought it up. Because he's really a racist. Well, no, it's got nothing to do with that. It's got nothing to do with MLK. It's got nothing to do with any of that. They've got to try and change the narrative right now because it's oh, yeah. documents, 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 and and he's getting buried by his own document scandal. He's got to try and change the narrative. That's true, but I don't think this is going to do it because when no. people realize what he's talking about and where he spoke about it, I think this is just going to go away, even by tomorrow. You know, and and... You know, I, I hate to tell Joe this. I really do, because he's such a blathering idiot. Oh, you love it. But, Come on. Well, I kind of do. Um, <laughs> if if you think you got to have F-15s to fight the U.S. government, Ukraine is doing a pretty good job without F-15s fighting the Russian government. That's true. Uh, I'm just saying. <laughs> you know, oh, I'm God. just, I'm just saying, uh, Elon Musk has made the news again today. You know, it's, it's odd when Elon Musk does not make the news, uh, That's because he's, he's doing so much. He's got so many things going right now, but he, he went on a rip against 
ESG, and if you don't know, you've maybe you've heard the letters and you don't know what it means. Environmental social governance. This right. is what is destroying Europe. Oh, absolutely, destroying not just Europe, but destroying everything. But he has a very interesting take on this because he's actually saying the S should stand for something else, as in satanic. Well, and he's right from not not I'm not saying from a religious standpoint, right. but from an economic standpoint, you know, it, it it is pure evil. If you look at what's going on in Europe right now, Italy, uh Norway, the Netherlands, I mean, you know, you you name the place, Germany, France, um economically they're in tatters and ruins because of ESG, environmental right. social government. This is right. this is the Green New Deal on steroids. And mm-hmm. everything has to be uh, governed under the auspice of green energy. And right. what it's doing is it's shutting down farms. It's preventing farmers of all kinds, crop farmers, dairy farmers, ranchers, it doesn't matter, from providing the necessary food for their countries. You can't use certain fertilizers. If you can't use those, you can't farm. You know, you can't uh, you can't drive cars on certain days, this, that, and the other thing. Uh, everything's aimed at zero emissions and, and mm-hmm. all of this crap. ESG is what is prompting states like California, Washington, and Oregon to say that you won't be able to buy a gas-burning car in those states after 2035. Well, you know, it's interesting you bring it up because today I was reading about Wyoming. They're going to say by 2034 they want all the electric cars out of there. Yeah, now that's not a law. That's a, a resolution. So it doesn't really, ha- yeah, it doesn't really have any teeth in it. But they're taking the exact opposite approach, and I applaud them. I do too. When I saw that, I got a big smile. <laughs> now it's funny that Elon Musk is taking on ESG because you know if you take uh, Twitter out of the mix, you take uh, SpaceX out of the mix. He is Mister Electric Vehicle. And, and and even Elon says you can't do away with gas-burning cars. Right. And here it is. The man who is producing all these electric cars is telling you, yeah, we can have electric cars, but we need to also have the regular gas-powered cars, gasoline-powered cars. He He's using common sense. Well, but those on the left don't even know what those two words mean. No, they don't. They don't have a clue. And if you do away with fossil fuels, how are you going to charge your electric cars? I mean, let's let's be honest I here. I don't know. If you go out and buy a Tesla today, there's a pretty good chance the power source for your Tesla is coal. Yeah. Yeah, and today <laughs> so, there was something else the you know, people are starting to wake up a little bit because the price of Teslas has dropped. Yeah. To buy them. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm sure you're going to go out and buy a fleet of Teslas now. I am not interested in electric cars, even if you gave me one. 
You know, the only I am not getting rid of my car. My car is staying with me until I go. The only electric vehicle I have any interest in at all is a golf cart. Not because I like to golf. I have never golfed and would not golf at gunpoint. But it would just be really easy to throw my garbage from the house into the back of a utility golf cart and drive it down to the dumpsters two blocks away. Oh, okay. That's the only reason. That's the only reason I want one. I am keeping my giant um, car, my gas guzzler. I love it. It's staying. Let them try to take it away from me. You've you've got what? It's like a V twenty four thing that it doesn't get. It doesn't get miles to the gallon. It gets gallons to the mile. That's true. Yeah. But it is damn good looking. <laughs> it is. I've seen pictures. It's uh, it's it's a beautiful vehicle. Finally, in the uh, quick hitters, there's a big battle uh, that's going to come up. Now we're we're not scheduled to come up with a new budget until next fall but before that can happen diane uh they've got to settle a debate about the debt ceiling limit and that is going to be a battle royale it's going to be a battle royale that doesn't really have to be because the debt ceiling folks and don't let anyone fool you it is dictated to by shifting money shifting on paper there are so many countries that owe us money that when you add up all that money that's owed to us, that debt ceiling would come way, 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 way down. It, it, the, I'm saying our debt. Yeah, I, and I agree. It, it would. But those countries aren't paying up, and we're staring uh, the possibility, a good possibility, in fact, of a global recession right square in the grill. Guess what? We're already in one. Well, we're we're in a recession, but they're talking about global, and if that's the case, we're not going to see any of the money that any of these other countries owe us for a long, long time. Now, you're right. It's, it's debt on paper, right. but, you know, one of the big things with this new Congress and the House, the, the purse strings now being in the hands of the Republicans, they have vowed to clamp down on expanding the debt ceiling. So let's see what and happens, right? Them. Yeah. And good for them. I mean, that will pass in the House, but with the Democrats in control of the Senate, I don't know. You need a couple of uh, Democrats uh, to come over. That That's a great point. Uh, and, and, you know, the, the Democrats over in the Senate, they control that side. They will say, no, we're going to expand the debt ceiling, and then they have to send it back to the House. So the question becomes... Will the House grow a set of moose balls between now and then, or will they just cave? I'm hoping, and and this is where people like Matt Gates. I mean, uh, I don't think I'm saying his last name right. The the guy from Florida, from yeah, my Matt, own state. Yeah, Matt, Matt Gates. Matt yeah. Gates. That's yeah. where people like him come in. Right now, can can he hold the line? Uh, can he force the rest and, and can, you know, the, the 20 holdouts from the, the speaker vote a couple of weeks ago, can they hold the line and keep everybody in check? That's going to be the question. It's not going to be so much the battle with the Democrats. It's going to be the battle within the Republicans, I think. Um, 
Up to this point, things are going pretty well. McCarthy's keeping to his promises. Gates and crew are keeping to their promises. They both, both sides do not want the debt ceiling raised. So I, I think in this case, they will stand together. I hope so. Time will tell. It, this this is not going to be something that happens over the next couple of no. weeks, folks. It's going no. to take months uh-huh. and months and months to hammer this out. So yeah, right. let's, let's see what happens. All right. So we're almost at the bottom of the hour. Uh, coming up in the next two segments of the show, we're talking about Biden's document downfall. Uh, it's a piece that was co-written by Diane and myself. And we're looking at pretty much everything we know up to this point. Although we know there's going to be more to come. We're, we're, we've seen the tip of the iceberg, but we know there's a lot under the surface yet. Right. And, um, yeah, let's just do it. <laughs> now, I also want to mention right before we go into the break, we will be here this Friday. We will not be here next Tuesday. No. And that's my doing. We yep. have- it's all Diane's fault. It's all my fault. We have a very serious, big issue going on in our city, and I'm not going to discuss the issue uh, unless we win it, but this is a major, major issue that could affect other cities and towns over the next few years. Right. And I'm going to be speaking there doing a presentation as our hopefully hundreds of other people. Um, It's that serious of an issue, and we'll see how it goes, but I cannot miss it. So we'll be here Friday. We will not be here next Tuesday. Just, Just a little housekeeping for you listeners out there so you know what's going on. We'll remind you of it before we get to the end of the show. But now it's time for that bottom of the hour break. Get a couple of station IDs in. When we come back, Diane's going to start us off with Biden's document downfall. There's more Right Side Patriots after this. You're listening to Right Side Patriots Radio, the best in conservative commentary, news, and talk, where we do away with the politically correct nonsense and give you the politically direct truth. This is the home of Right Side Patriots every Tuesday and Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern with Craig Andreessen and Diane Sori. We're working to make this country great again from the right and leaving puddles of melted snowflakes on the left. Thanks for listening to Right Side Patriots, your best bet on the Internet. You're listening to RSPRadio1.com. Hi guys, Diane Sorry from The Patriot Factor on thepatriotfactor.blogspot.com, where I found a home base seven years ago after becoming one of Facebook's long-time Facebook felons, or so I've been told by the Facebook gods. On my blog, you will find not only my articles, but our Right Side Patriots investigative reports, as well as stories and links to and from well-known writers and bloggers, plus what I call almost daily memes, my snarky take on news of the day. And for more great takes on the issues of the day, check out the National Patriot 
at thenationalpatriot.com, where you can read Craig's insight into all the current news happenings. And join us both on Right Side Patriots every Tuesday and Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. EST at rspradio1.com. Welcome back to Right Side Patriots on rspradio1.com. Craig Andreessen at the National Patriot, Diane Sori at the Patriot Factor. Getting you through a Tuesday night edition of the show, and if you miss any part of it, and we hope you don't, but if you do, go to rspradio1.com tomorrow morning, click the podcast button, catch up on what you missed. All right, Diane, so you and I together put together a piece called Biden's Document Downfall in which we go into everything that we know up to this point, knowing full well there's more to come. Right, exactly. And let's start with this. It's a quote. This appointment underscores for the public the department's commitment to both independence and accountability in particularly sensitive matters and to making decisions indisputably guided only by the facts and the law. That was said by A.G. Merrick Garland on January 12th. Last August 8th, the FBI raided former President Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago home in search of classified documents he supposedly did not hand over to the National Archives after having left office, outright stole them, as far as those on the left are concerned. And so yet another Trump witch hunt began with no definitive outcome to date. And this is no matter that last November, A.G. Garland appointed former Justice Department official Jack Smith as the special counsel in charge of investigating both the criminal probe into Trump's supposed unlawful taking of classified documents, including some marked top secret, as well as to determine if now private citizen Donald J. Trump actually obstructed the federal government's investigation into this matter. Claiming, amongst other things, that the taking of such documents could seriously jeopardize U.S. relations with other nations, Garland never guessed that in his going after Donald Trump, that it could someday lead to his possibly having to put the usual away of Democrat double standards aside and officially investigate some in his own party as well. And indeed, it has come to that, courtesy of the very man who publicly stated to Scott Paley in a 60 Minutes interview that he was concerned that, quote, the former president's improper handling of classified material could compromise sources and methods. And he added that it was totally irresponsible. So look who's calling the kettle black, as the old saying goes, as Joe Biden's own words are now coming back to haunt, and rightly so. Saying that they were there to pack up boxes in order to officially vacate Biden's office at the Penn Biden Center for Diplomacy and Global Engagement in Washington, D.C., affiliated with the University of Pennsylvania, was an office Biden only opened, occupied from 2018 until April 2019, when he started Baseman campaigning for president. And it was here where Biden's own attorneys found in a folder, placed inside a box, 
that was locked in a closet, 10 classified documents clearly marked as top secret, documents that dated back to when Biden was Barack Hussein Obama's vice president, documents designated as sensitive uh, compartmented information, meaning said information was obtained from intelligence sources, including documents that contained U.S. intelligent material and private briefing memos regarding Ukraine, Iran, and the United Kingdom and China, who Craig, after the center was opened, saw $54 million in Chinese gifts being donated to the University of Pennsylvania. Well, I'm sure that the uh, National Archives pencil pushers and and document geeks uh, were all over this almost instantly. They probably got to Biden's former office before they even hung up the phone, didn't they? I would think so. But, you know, while Biden's attorneys did inform the National Archives about the documents on the same day they were found in the very office that was not authorized for the storage of such documents, it's odd that these folks from the National Archives did not take actual possession of those documents until the next day, no matter Biden saying that, and I quote, they The attorneys immediately call the archives, immediately call the archives, turn them over to the archives. And I was briefed about this discovery and surprised to learn that there were any government records that were taken there to the office, end quote. Hmm. Guess they were giving Biden time to cover his tracks, but no matter as still certain things do not add up, with the first being, why did it take all this time for Joe Biden to close up shop, so to speak? Could it simply be that he's arrogant enough to think that he'd never get caught being in possession of classified documents? Even Joe Biden can't be that foolish. And the second thing, and probably paramount above all else, is the fact that there is an interesting time frame gap that could, Craig, make the issue of President Trump's document woes actually pale in comparison. You know, the the double speak and the double uh, tier justice system, it's got its fingerprints all over this thing so far, and I don't see any letting up of that. You know, and, and, and for folks who think, well, it takes time for the National Archives people to get to wherever this office is, they're both in D.C. Exactly. You, you could be there in five minutes in a cab, for Christ's sake. Um, exactly. Now, what's the deal, Diane, with the office that okay. that all of this transpired? And give us a little background on that when it comes to the time frame. Okay, let's start with the fact that the office Biden used to conduct his business until April 2019 was still under construction throughout the entirety of 2017, the very year he left office as vice president, and it was not completed nor open for occupancy or business until February 2018. And yet from mid-2018 until April 2019, we see a 13- month gap from the time Biden left office in January 2017 until he and the documents moved into his new office. So, where were these documents kept during that time? 
we believe they were kept in Biden's home in Willington, Delaware, which at the time was also home to none other than the nefarious Hunter Biden. So now the first question is, if not Joe Biden, who exactly sorted through those documents to decide which ones went to the uh, Penn-Biden Center for Diplomacy and Global Engagement, which ones would be stored in his garage, and which ones would stay in their home library? And the second question is, did the person who did said sorting have official security clearance? Two possibilities come to mind, with the first being Kathy Chung, Biden's executive assistant when he was vice president, and the Pentagon's current deputy director of protocol, who, by the way, has been questioned by law enforcement regarding these very documents. And the second possibility is Chung's dear old friend Hunter Biden himself, as Chung's name appears many times in Hunter Biden's emails. In fact, over and over again they appear. In fact, it was Hunter Biden who recommended Kathy Chung to the big guy for the position of being his executive assistant. And here it must be noted, that if Hunter Biden himself was directly involved in the sorting of the documents, did he have any of his foreign business associates over to the House when those documents were in the House or actually being sorted? And could Craig be the answer to this be yes, with proof being on the supposed lost computer? Just something to think about. You know, they should run chemical tests on those documents and see if there's any cocaine on them. Mm-hmm. That, that would tell you right there if Hunter was around those documents. Um, yes. The office, uh, the the Penn-Biden Center office in D.C., of course, now we know, was not the only place top secret documents were found. They were scattered about in other places. Yeah, and if the office... This document wasn't enough to give Joe Biden a political and possibly a legal headache. There were other document finds happening within days. For announced on January 11, 2023, just three days after Richard Saba, Biden's special counsel confirmed the media reports about the first batch of documents being found. A second find was announced, and this find came minus the made-for-TV strong-armed raid execution on President Trump's Florida home. When on December 20th, 2022, the FBI went to Biden's private Willington, Delaware home and ever so nicely secured the classified documents from there. One particular batch of documents was found buried in a storage space in his garage. While in search of his actual home, other documents were also found, this time in his home library. Of note, just like with Biden's office find, this was kept from the public until January 11th, just one week ago. And it was announced just this past Saturday, as we were writing this report, that five more classified documents were found inside the Biden's home, again, with all being related to his time as Obama's vice president. But before we continue on, one needs to understand why any such finds are indeed of great importance. And why? Because as per the Presidential Records Act 44 U.S.C. Chapter 22, 
quote, the United States shall reserve and retain complete ownership, possession, and control of presidential records, end quote. It cannot be stated any clearer or more directly than that, thus meaning that presidents and vice presidents must turn over all government records to the National Archives and Record Administration upon their leaving office. And while President Trump, who unfortunately still remains under investigation for doing the same thing Biden has done now, the fact is that Biden should have known better than to retain these types of documents. After all, he not only served two terms as vice president, but Craig, he knew well that this law pertained to the position of vice president as well. Can you imagine what would happen if you and I did something like that? Mm-hmm. Holy crap. But the mainstream media right now, they're trying to soft pedal this thing six ways from Sunday, aren't they? Absolutely. In fact, Joan Biden's own mishandling as the liberal media and the Democrats like to call it, of classified materials, has surely created a multitude of political problems for both he and his administration. And it's no matter his claiming that all was unintentional, that he had no idea what was in those documents, and that he was fully cooperating with the Justice Department. In fact, due to Republican pressure, not only has Mike Turner, the new chair of the House Intelligence Committee, written to Avril Haines, the current director of national intelligence, asking not only for direct access to all the classified documents, but that he wants and expects to get a damage assessment report by the intelligence community, as well as a briefing on the current status of both the Biden and Trump document uh, confiscations. And this is in addition to both Representative Jim Jordan the new chair of the House Judiciary Committee, and Representative Mike Johnson demanding that, quote, all documents and communications between the DOJ, FBI, and the White House related to the claim mishandling of the classified documents and the appointment of a special counsel be turned over. Remember, in the case of classified documents under the law, What's good for the goose must be good for the gander, especially when the man who pledged that his would be the most transparent White House in modern American history has made both fools of he and his party. And it's this, plus Republican pressure after documents were found in Biden's private home, that on January 12th led A.G. Merrick Garland to deliver remarks pursuant to Department of Justice regulations governing such matters. Joined by Special Counsel John Lausch, the U.S. Attorney for the Northern District of Illinois, who was charged with and conducted the initial investigation, Garland announced that he had appointed Jack Herr, the former U.S. Attorney for the District of Maryland and former Justice department official as special counsel to investigate whether any person or entity had violated the law in connection with this matter. Thus, basically, Craig admitting there is a case courtesy of his words that, quote, under the regulations, the extraordinary circumstances here require the appointment of a special counsel for this matter. You know, there's an old saying, when you're at the bottom of a hole, quit digging. Mm -hmm. But 
it seems to me, and, and maybe to you, that the Biden administration has dug themselves a pretty deep hole and they haven't crawled out of it, if only to get a bigger shovel to dig deeper. True. You know, in fact, the extraordinary circumstances alone surely prove additional fodder for two years of thankfully promised Republican congressional probes and hearings. What will be a major political headache for Joe Biden and crew will be compounded by the fact that neither Joe Biden nor those in his administration can answer even a simple direct question regarding the documents now in question. A recent case in point was Press Secretary Corrine Jean-Pierre's inability to answer the simple question of why was the November document discovery, a discovery made just six days before the midterm election, why was it only disclosed this January? And in her basically flat-out refusing to answer that question, will happily and truthfully answer it for you on her behalf. It's because such a disclosure would have indeed led to a true red wave. And so the president, who after the first document discovery was disclosed, voluntarily said to reporters in Mexico after his three-hour photo op visit to the southern border that, quote, I take classified documents or classified information seriously, end quote. But, Craig, we guess not seriously enough to understand that the two words, classified documents alone, could well spell the end of his 50-plus years in politics. You know, when, when Joe Biden says he takes classified documents seriously, what he means is he just takes classified documents. Exactly. I mean, really, isn't that what that means? I um, would think so. I'm gonna, I, you know, we're gonna we're gonna take a break here in a few minutes. Before we get to the second part of this article, let's kind of go back and look at some of the things that you brought up in the first part of this thing. And, and one thing that I find very interesting, and it it lends itself very well to the two tiered justice system that we see in this country right now. Okay, mm-hmm. you you told us here just a couple of minutes ago that on December 20th, 2022, the FBI went to Biden's private Wilmington, Delaware home and ever so nicely, quote unquote, secured classified documents from there, right? Right. Those were their words. That's why it was quoted. Now, now, here's what's interesting about that. The FBI went there to secure the documents, they didn't go there to find documents because right. the documents were found by Biden's private attorneys. Correct. Now, and it was here, Garland that denied right. the, the FBI going with the attorneys who were, you know, packing up everything. Now, here's the interesting. Here's the interesting part of this. And this is the double tier, okay? When the FBI raided Mar-a-Lago, Trump's attorneys were not allowed to be present. Correct. But when it came to Joe Biden's stash of top secret documents, the attorneys were allowed to go find the documents 
right. then just pleasantly hand them over to the FBI. Yes. And again, Craig, I will say, and I'll reiterate this over and over, these documents in question, these are documents of Obama's. They've got things in there that they cannot get out, let get out. I I think so. When you, I mean, what we know at this point, you talked about it, uh, you know, in the past uh, 15, 20 minutes. One of the things we know at this point is that some of these documents involve China and Ukraine. Yes. Very okay. suspiciously. Mm-hmm. Highly, highly suspicious. But because they involve those two countries, and we know what's going on in those two countries, holy crap. Yeah. And also another holy crap moment is once this um, organization was up and running for business, the University of Pennsylvania, who is an affiliate, gets millions and millions and millions of dollars in what they are not saying donations or whatever they're saying, gifts. That's why I, I quoted that. Right. And those gifts are coming from? China. That's right. Now, I want to point out that uh, in the first half of this article that Diana and I wrote together, you will find two videos. Uh, one of them is a give and take between Fox News Peter Ducey and Joe Biden. The other is Karine Jean-Pierre um, trying desperately not to answer questions. That particular question, as a matter of fact. You know, and right now, as of today, you know, and, and bear in mind, folks, we, we wrote this over the weekend. Um, but as of today... She is simply not taking questions. It's not that she's stuttering and stammering and trying to uh, word salad her way through answering them. Now she won't even take the questions. And uh, they were asked point blank today, are -hmm. there any more documents floating around out there? They ignored the question. They didn't even try to answer. They ignored it. They're going to keep finding documents, I think, because I think these critical documents relating to Obama, they obviously could not afford to keep them all in one place, so they were spread out. Now, the the video with Peter Ducey and the give and take between Ducey and Biden is Mm -hmm. interesting on two fronts, okay? Uh, it's in the first half of the article. We've got the the same video in the second half of the article for an altogether different reason. We, you know, you need to you need to see this video not once, but you have to see it twice to understand the full impact of that question and non-answer. Right, and it's it, it, it's comical, how, and it's also pathetic how this woman could stand up there. And first of all, ignore direct questions. But even the few words she's getting out, they're all lies. I mean, she is incapable of being open, honest, and transparent. And, yes. you know, and you said in, in the, the first part of this thing, you know, they, they promised to be the most transparent administration in history. Actually, they're everything but. But transparent, Exactly. You know, her job is to get up there and lie. That's that's her job. And it's it's a stark difference from what we saw with Kaylee McEnany uh, oh when, God, when, yes. when Trump was, was in office. 
you know, not only did Kaylee McEnany answer the questions that were tossed at her, even questions that were tossed at her by liberal idiots in the press, mm-hmm. okay, you know, and she handled all the gotcha questions with such ease, you know, and it's easy to do if you're telling the truth. You don't even have to remember what your last lie was. Well, the best one to me was the way uh, Kaylee was wonderful, but the one who actually stood up and and defended Trump in such a way that his policies shone through was Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Yeah, but I mean, and, and look what that got her. I mean, she got demoted all the way down to being the governor of Arkansas. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you she know? was that good. She was really yes. good. And Kaylee McEnany was fantastic, oh, too. Oh, yeah, she was, too. You know, But now we got this Kareen Jean-Pierre who can't answer a simple question without reading it. No, she can't. You know, it's, well, it's, it's just amazing. like Biden. Biden can't do anything without reading it. He's got his, you yeah. know, to-do list in front of him at all times. You know, folks, we, we've told you uh, throughout the evening that we're just scratching the surface on this because it's like the tip of the iceberg, mm-hmm. you know, and, and uh, we put this together over the weekend knowing, you know, with everything we know up to that point, uh, right. We were we were able to uh, put this investigative report together, knowing full well that this is going to be an ongoing situation. We're going to have to write more articles down the road uh, on this because th- this is not going to go away. And the yeah. mainstream media they're trying to soft pedal it, but they're also looking at it like, yeah, you know, we we tried to cover up the whole Hunter Biden laptop story. And now we got this and, and nobody's watching our broadcasts anymore. <laughs> I mean, right. That's true. Their, their ratings have sunk so low in the mainstream media, you know, and they're, they got to be looking at this going, you know, how can we cover for this idiot again? Yeah. Well, in part two, our listeners are going to hear some very, uh, interesting thoughts on that absolutely so why don't we go ahead where i know we're about a minute early here but why don't we go ahead take the top of the hour break get a couple of station ids in and then when we come back we will continue and finish up with our investigative report biden's document downfall diane there's more to come on right side patriots after this Hi guys, Diane Sorry from The Patriot Factor on thepatriotfactor.blogspot.com, where I found a home base seven years ago after becoming one of Facebook's long-time Facebook felons, or so I've been told by the Facebook gods. On my blog, you will find not only my articles, but our Right Side Patriots investigative reports, as well as stories and links to and from well-known writers and bloggers, plus what I call almost daily memes, my snarky take on news of the day. And for more great takes on the issues of the day, check out the National Patriot at thenationalpatriot.com, where you can read Craig's insight into all the current news happenings. And join us both on Right Side Patriots every Tuesday and Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. EST at rspradio1.com. 
You're listening to Right Side Patriots Radio, the best in conservative commentary, news, and talk where we do away with the politically correct nonsense and give you the politically direct truth. This is the home of Right Side Patriots every Tuesday and Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern with Craig Andreessen and Diane Sori. We're working to make this country great again from the right and leaving puddles of melted snowflakes on the left. Thanks for listening to Right Side Patriots, your best bet on the Internet. You're listening to RSPRadio1.com. Welcome back to Right Side Patriots on RSPRadio1.com. Craig Andreessen at the National Patriot. Got to clear the frog out of the throat here. Diane Sori at the Patriot Factor. Excuse me, folks. It's been a long day. Yeah, maybe. It's not a frog in your throat, Craig. It's more like cough up the hairball already. Exactly. (laughs) You know, folks, if you miss any part of tonight's show, we hope you don't. But if you do... All you need to do is go to rspradio1.com tomorrow morning, click the podcast button, and you become one of the pod people. You can listen to this show. You can listen to any of the rest. They're all there. All right. So we're talking about Biden's document downfall, and there are what we believe to be some very suspicious things afoot when it comes to the timing of all of this. And these are things it seems that nobody else wants to place front and center regarding the Joe Biden classified document scandal. But we're not afraid to shine the light where it needs to be shined. First of all, we think it's more than odd and more to the point suspicious that Joe Biden campaigned from his basement in 2020 and has been a near no-show when it comes to answering to reporters for the past two years. But... All of a sudden, with the classified document scandal now before us, he is suddenly taking questions from the press. Right after the discovery of said documents was made in his office at the Penn Biden Center, Joe Biden was answering questions and told the media that he didn't know what was in the documents, and he went so far as to state that his attorneys advised him not to ask what was in the classified documents and not to look at the classified documents. Now, why do you suppose he said those things? Well, we believe he said those things because he was told to say those things, which begs the question, why was he told to say those things? We believe that the liberal elite and his personal puppet master, Barack Hussein Obama, are orchestrating Joe's comments to the media so as to allow Joe Biden to paint himself into a corner. Think about it. He can't come out now after saying he doesn't know what the documents are and suddenly claim that the documents are no big deal. In other words, he took the documents in question when he had no lawful right to possess them. He moved them to various places illegally, 
Some were found at a facade of an office affiliated with the University of Pennsylvania. Some were locked in his garage next to his Corvette and others in his private home library, but he had no knowledge of them. His words, that's the paint, doesn't match his actions, and that's the corner. If you need further proof that his words to the press are orchestrated and that he is only saying what he's told to say or reading whatever somebody puts in front of him, just watch that video that we talked about in the first segment again. We've got it here again in the article. Watch that and and you see Joe Biden responding to Peter Ducey a few days ago Knowing full well that such a question would be posed, somebody wrote an answer for Biden to read, and he stumbled and slurred his way through reading it. If you were Biden's handlers, Diane, you didn't want him trapping himself with his own words. You would not allow him to answer any questions related to the classified documents. However, if you were Biden's handlers and you did want him to trap himself, you would readily equip him with a brush, a bucket of paint, and direct him to the nearest corner, which is exactly what we're seeing now. Well, yes, we are seeing that now, but we're also seeing something that we never, ever thought we'd see before. And it concerns, of all things, the mainstream media. Yeah, and it's also suspicious, highly suspicious. The way that some in the mainstream media are handling Biden today compared to the way they handled him for the past two years. Just last week over at CNN of all places, Don Lemon of all people confronted Chuck Schumer regarding the classified document revelations. Now, according to Lemon, and I quote, according to one's justice official statement this week offered a complete narrative, an incomplete narrative of documents from Biden's time as vice president and reinforce the need for a special counsel. It creates the impression that Biden's team has something to hide, unquote. Now, to that, Chuck Schumer tried to soften the topic by saying that we should let the investigators do their jobs. But Lemon came back with, and I quote again, I have to say this. You seem much more measured about this than when the Trump documents, because you called for transparency with the documents. You wanted lawmakers to have access to the documents seized from the former president's residence in Florida, unquote. So why the sudden change? For the past couple of years, Don Lemon would have simply agreed with Schumer and left it at that. There's nothing to see here. Just move along. But now, he's not running interference for Biden anymore. And we believe this is because Lemon is only doing what he's being told to do by the liberal elite who have been directing mainstream media for decades. Diane, if you look at this, if you look at the way they're handling Biden today compared to Biden two months ago, it's a night and day difference. It's a total and complete difference. It's it's just amazing that the media actually seems to be turning on, you know, yeah. the one whose pockets they're in. But, you know, Craig, when you think about it, there's some analogies from decades ago 
that could be made in this case. Well, yeah, especially if you look at how the media, the mainstream media is now turning and being more critical. I'm not saying they're they're going after Biden, but they're certainly being more critical of him. And if you use the Don Lemon thing uh, for this upcoming analogy, you'll see what we mean. When yeah. President Johnson was in office, and it's been almost exactly 55 years ago, on February 27th, 1968, after Walter Cronkite made a decidedly negative report on the CBS Evening News regarding our role in the Vietnam War, LBJ said, quote, if I've lost Cronkite, I've lost middle America, unquote. Now, it was just a couple of weeks later that LBJ announced, quote, I shall not seek and I will not accept the nomination of my party for another term as your president, unquote. Mm-hmm. Now, we're not saying that either Don Lemon or CNN carry the clout today that Cronkite and CBS carried 55 years ago. And it is obvious by their ratings that CNN doesn't speak to middle America They do speak to the liberal voting bloc, and they have recently started covering the Hunter Biden laptop story as a real story. If others in the mainstream media start taking a more critical approach toward Joe Biden as the scandals mount up, we don't think it'll be very long, perhaps as early as this spring, that we hear an announcement from Joe Biden reminiscent of the one LBJ made back in his day. Now, don't get us wrong, we do not believe there is a quantum shift in the mainstream media ideology in play here, but we do believe that we're seeing a response to what their liberal elite handlers are asking of them. And finally, why now? Why have document discoveries come to light now rather than when they were first made back in early November of 2022? We now know via Merrick Garland that the classified documents were first discovered in the Penn-Biden Center just six days before the 2022 midterm elections, but they weren't revealed until January of this year. Obviously, Diane, the initial discovery was covered up so as not to have a last-minute negative effect on the, on the November elections, and it seems the cover-up may have remained in place were it not for something else that had been grabbing more and more of the headlines. Yeah, and that uh, something is very interesting, and all I can say to that is tweet, tweet. <laughs> yeah, we're talking the Twitter <laughs> files here. Look, with every release of a new batch of Twitter files, the hole in which the Democrat Party finds itself just keeps getting deeper and deeper. A couple of weeks ago, in my blog, The National Patriot, I wrote about the fact that government agencies and government entities up to and including the Biden White House were engaged in the illegal activity of censoring people's freedom of speech constituted a constitutional crisis. Mm -hmm. Now we know that there's a great deal more to come from Elon Musk's Twitter files, including COVID-related material, as well as direct collusion between our government, the White House, and the mainstream media with respect to unconstitutional censorship of the American people. The longer the Twitter files are allowed to maintain their position at the top of the trending headlines, the more dire the situation becomes for the Democrat Party as a whole. Mm 
Something had to be done to knock the constitutional crisis out of the headlines, which we believe is why the Joe Biden classified document scandal was leaked when it was. Remember, it was CBS and NBC, two mainstream media outlets, which were on the brink of being exposed for all the world to see for colluding with government agencies, government entities, and the Biden White House to censor conservatives and prevent the truth regarding Hunter's laptop, COVID-19, and so much more from being brought to the light of day. Diane, we believe the DNC, which we now know to have been a major player in the constitutional constitutional crisis regarding censorship, is probably also a major player in leaking the Joe Biden classified document scandal. And why? Because it would be better for the Democrat Party to throw Biden under the bus, thus preventing him from running again in 2024 than to allow the Twitter files headlines to sink the entire party. Well, what's uh, very interesting about all this, there's also something else that has come into play, and it's courtesy of uh, newly minted House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, and it could also go back and you know, haunt Joe Biden in the end. I mean, yeah, you got the Twitter files thing. That's bad enough. But Mm -hmm. right now, Kevin McCarthy, the new House Speaker, and Matt Gaetz have been talking about January 6th and the hearings that just wrapped up. And what they're saying is those hearings held solely by the Democrat Party, solely for political purposes. And according to McCarthy, quote, I think the public should see what happened on that day. I watched what Nancy Pelosi did, where she politicized it, where for the first time in the history as a speaker, not allowing the minority to appoint a committee to pick and choose. We watched the politicization of this, and I think the American public should actually see all what happened instead of a report that's written for political basis. Now, Mm -hmm. what he's talking about there is releasing to the public 14,000 hours of security video directly from January 6, 2021. The Democrats have been withholding those 14,000 hours of video because it doesn't match their narrative any more than liberal lies match the reality of the Twitter files. And we think the combination of the two, the Twitter files and the January 6th security videos being at the top of the headlines, have sent the liberal elite into panic mode. Now, orchestrating such a maneuver takes prep time and strategic timing. It's not a knee-jerk reaction. The liberal elite knows full well that they can't, 25th Amendment, Joe Biden out of office without ending up with Kamala Harris ascending to the presidency, and even they don't want that. Uh, If they can contain the Joe Biden classified document scandal and carefully manipulate and slow roll its official investigation, and we all know nothing rolls slower than an official special prosecutor investigation, they can effectively neuter Joe Biden for the last two years of his only term in office, prevent Kamala Harris from 
running, ruining their chances in 2024 and at the same time making it impossible for Joe to mount another campaign from his basement while grooming somebody like Gavin Newsom and his potential running mate, Hakeem Jeffries, over the next year for a full-fledged assault in 2024. Diane, this whole thing is looking more and more orchestrated the deeper we dug into it. Absolutely looking orchestrated. And again, though, something people need to realize, we have to slow roll this investigation because if for some reason Joe Biden gets impeached or legally is, you know, hauled off to jail or whatever for doing what he did, we would get Kamala Harris. Do you want America's first president to be that moron? First woman president, I I should say, to be that moron? No. No. So they've got to, you know, logistically drag this out till right to the end of his presidency. Right. Right. I mean, that it's a That's must. absolutely 100% needed, or well, we're in bigger trouble than we think. Yeah, we're, we're in bigger trouble than we are right now. Yeah. You know, so let's put it another way. For all intents and purposes, Joe Biden has become politically expendable. He's no longer a viable candidate for 2024 in the eyes of the liberal elite, due to economic border crisis, Hunter Biden dealings, and foreign policy walls closing in on him, while far too many Americans, even in Biden's own party, are feeling the strain in their bank accounts. While the liberal elite know they cannot afford to push Joe out the door now, they also know that he has to leave without serving or being given the chance to serve a second term. Joe Biden chosen as a puppet for an Obama third term, has become the liberal elite's albatross. And while they can't just relieve themselves of him, given the immediate alternative, we believe they simply have no desire to suffer the fool gladly or otherwise any longer than the end of his only term in office. While the investigation from the House Select Committee is just beginning, We doubt the last of Joe Biden's documents, illegally stashed, has been discovered, and we may never know who had access to those documents. What we do know is that at least some of the documents in question pertain to China and Ukraine, that both Joe and Hunter were reaping tens of millions of dollars from those countries through sham business deals, and that Chinese money led to both Hunter and Joe Biden, as well as the University of Pennsylvania, where the Biden-Penn Center was affiliated. The list of liberals condemning President Trump regarding documents in his possession, documents that he could and did declassify, is long indeed. and includes Joe Biden himself, but... The list of those same liberals remaining silent regarding Joe Biden's classified document scandal, a true scandal as Biden had no authority to declassify the documents he kept when he removed them from D.C., is equally long. And that silence is deafening. But there's one last thing that leads us to believe 
that the Biden documents may well be something of a smoking gun in the Biden family crime syndicate and that is the fact that Barack Hussein Obama could well have stepped forward and at least claimed to have declassified the documents now being discovered in Joe Biden's possession. But he hasn't. And Obama's silence is perhaps the most deafening of them all. That puts it mildly. And again, because uh, Obama is basically stepping back and keeping silent because he knows he can be implemented in this case. I mean, you, you've got it right earlier, uh, you know, in, in this article and in our discussions. Joe Biden could not classify documents and right. he could not declassify documents. Correct. Okay, the fact that Obama hasn't come forward and said, hey, look, I declassified those. This is no big deal. The fact that he has not done that, he has not come forward and said that, tells you those were never declassified. Right. I know. I know. And that says it all. Now, the the question now becomes... How the hell did Joe Biden even get those documents? Some of those documents are above top secret. They're right. only you're only able to view them in a skiff. Okay? Right. And and you cannot remove them from a skiff, you cannot copy them, you cannot take pictures of them. You can't even take a cell phone into a skiff. Mhm. Okay? So how did Joe get his hands on the documents to begin with? Maybe Joe didn't get his hands on the documents. Possibility. Maybe they were planted on him by those in his own party to get him the hell out of the presidency for a second term. I, I you know, it, you can't, you can't say, oh no, that didn't happen. I mean, you, you can't put anything past these people. Right. But the fact that some of them were at the Biden Penn Center or Penn Biden Center, whatever the hell it's called, some were in the garage, some were in the library. We don't mm-hmm. know if we found all of them yet or not. You know exactly. It, it it just it just smells of of Joe Biden actually having the documents. But the, if they weren't planted, how did he get them? How did he get top above top secret documents out of a skiff? The only thing I can think of is somebody was paid off. Somebody was paid off or he just flat out took them. He just flat out. I mean, that you can't discount that either. The, the guy could have just pocketed those things. Okay. Let's say he did that. Let's say he pocketed them. The only thing he can use those documents for would be blackmail. It, it it depends on what they are what they are and we may never know okay right. but given the fact that some of them regard china some of them regard ukraine hunter and joe were making tens of million dollars off of china and ukraine mhm the fact that hunter biden lived in the wilmington house when the documents were supposedly there that's why this is higher 
than Biden. This has, I'm sorry, Craig, this has Obama's hand written all over it. I, I mean, you know, is it possible that Obama took the some of these double top secret documents from the skiff and Biden took them from Obama? That's possible too. Right. There's so many possibilities. We just don't know all the possibilities at this point because I, this it, is still new. You, know, you talk about the tangled web woven. Well, well, this is it in spades. Uh, oh, absolutely. And, and I still say, you know, uh, if if the FBI was really doing their jobs, they would be checking those documents for traces of cocaine and glitter because we know Hunter had a drug and hooker problem. <laughs> well, you forget something else. The FBI isn't going to be of any help here because the FBI is in the left's pocket. They, they unless, are. Unless this, this person who's involved is so high up in the FBI that they're covering even that. I, I mean, but, you, you got to look at every single possibility here. Yeah. And and that's what makes this so confounding, and that's why we're saying we're, we're going to be writing more uh, about this topic as the weeks and months progress. Right. You know, the, the investigations are just getting underway. Um, Biden is not going to comply with any subpoenas. We know that. Right. But here's here's something else that you got to take into account now, too. The fact that the people who found the documents and called the archives and turned the documents over to the archives were Biden's personal attorneys. They don't have classification to even touch that stuff, much less and, look at it. And why were they, they? They were there to pack up stuff, but they knew exactly where to look for documents that they yeah. should have known nothing about. Right. And, and, and then they find it, well... By by having his personal attorneys be the straw men and the handoff, right? Right. Those attorneys are now material witnesses in a possible criminal case. Yes. <laughs> wow. I mean, it, this is so much worse than Trump's. So much worse because remember, Trump admitted, yeah, I have them. And what were most of them? Menus, signed napkins, things he declassified. I mean, this Trump's woes pale in comparison to what Biden is facing because Trump, as president, had every right to declassify documents at the time of his choosing. Biden has no legal right to declassify documents. When those documents went missing, the Biden documents... Mm-hmm. When, when those things went missing, Joe Biden, you're right, had absolutely no legal authority to declassify anything. Exactly. It's just, just the way it is. Folks, what we want you to do is we want you to go, you can go three places. You can go to Diane's blog at thepatriotfactor.blogspot.com. You can go to my blog at thenationalpatriot.com, or you can go to rspradio1.com. Any one of those three places, you can get this article. We co-wrote the article. It's published in both of our blogs. It's published on the RSP, the Right Side Patriots website. And we want you to read through it, and we want you to grab the link. I don't care which link you grab. Just grab a link and 
share it. Get this out there because there's going to be more coming. And the more we learn, the more we're going to be able to go back to what we've written now and say, okay, we covered this. We told you this. Here's why we told you what we told you and why it's important. Right. And one of the most important things out of this, folks, is you must, must understand this must be drawn out. We don't want the Republicans to rush and charge and this and that, because if they do that, there is a very strong possibility that Kamala Harris can become president. Well, and, and you're, you're 100% correct on that. And I don't think even the liberal elites right now want Kamala Harris in the White well, House. Well, don't be so sure. Remember who was the one that pushed Kamala Harris? It was O'Biden. Can you imagine that, that if Kamala Harris was ever president, that would be Obama's third term in office? Well, he's got his third term in office right now. They, yeah, they, it's, it's a pretty screwed up third term. Well, it is. And, and remember what Obama said about Biden. You know, when when yes. Biden got elected, you know, never underestimate Joe's ability to fuck things up. That's true. You know, Why? that's a direct quote. And, you know, but here's here's the thing. Kamala Harris was chosen as a second string puppet. Right. But I think she has proven herself to be so stupid at this point that she can't even be controlled. That's true. She shoots off her mouth like... Like no tomorrow, and she has no clue what she's saying because nothing makes sense. Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, I think the the elite look at her and go, "Oh no, we can't have that," because she is so bone crushingly stupid. They can't even control her. They send her. Yeah. They send her down to, uh, you know, Central America to get to the root cause of you know illegal aliens coming across the border, and she can't even do that. Yeah, the root cause is because the Democrats have laid out the welcome mat for them for votes. I mean, it's, it's just cause. that that's it. You know, folks, go yeah. to go to Diane's blog, the Patriot Factor dot com, my blog, the National dot com or RSP Radio one dot com. Get the link to this article, share it everywhere you can and know there's more coming down the road. Yes. And we'll stay on top of it. Craig, there might be more than one joint article. <laughs> you never know. But, Diane, we've run out of time for tonight. Okay, so with that, we'll say nighty-night, folks. Good night, everybody. Have a great rest of the week. Remember, we'll be here on Friday, but not next Tuesday. We'll see you yeah. again on Friday. Bye-bye. <laughs>